Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Reading from the Madhya Lila, chapter 19. This is Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructs Srila Rupa Goswami. So uh, this is discussion of the Shanta Rasa. Hmm. Giving up all desires not connected with Krishna, is the business of one who is in Shanta Rasa. Only a devotee of Krishna can be situated on that platform. He is thus called a Shanta Rasa Bhakta. Report. In this position, one is freed from all material enjoyment. When one is not agitated or disturbed, he can immediately realize his relationship with Krishna. A Shanta Rasa devotee is therefore always fixed in realization. This instruction was given by the Lord himself to Udhava. The beginning of pure devotional service is called Anya Vilasita Shunya. When one is situated on the platform of neutrality, he is freed from the material platform and fully situated in spiritual life. The word Dhamma, used in verse 213, means Indriya Samyama, curbing one's senses. The word Dhamma can also mean curbing one's enemies. A king has to take steps to curb the criminal activities of the citizens. The great Rajarshis, devotee kings, used to control undesirable elements in their states, and this also may be called Dhamma. However, Dhamma here refers to the conditioned soul who must control his senses. Real Dhamma means controlling the undesirable activities of the senses. Hmm. Well, this is the beginning of the discussion of the different rasas, Lord Chaitanya and Rupa Goswami, and the uh, Shanta Ras, the relationship of neutrality with the devotee and the Lord is the beginning. So one of the qualities of the neutral position is that one gives up all desires not connected with Krishna. And only a devotee of Krishna can be situated on that platform. So giving up all desires that are not connected with Krishna. Um, this means, as Prabhupada elaborates in the purport, about Dhamma. Anyone remember the qualities of the Brahman described in Bhagavad Gita? Uh, well, it begins with Sama, and cool vision, Dhamma, and self-control, equanimity and self-control, Tapa, and uh, austerity, Shocham, cleanliness, Shantir, what is Shantir? Peace, Arjavam, honesty. Uh, and then Jnanam, Vijnanam, knowledge and realization. Uh, these eight qualities are the qualities by which the Brahman works. So Dhamma is mentioned uh, right at the beginning to control the senses, self-control. Um, when one has no desire separate from Krishna's desire, uh, this is 
the path to peacefulness. You remember the verse from Bhagavad Gita about the peace formula, how to be peaceful? Bhoktaram yagya tapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suridam sarvabhutanam gyatvamam shantim rachati. Yes, uh, a person who knows Krishna as the supreme proprietor. This is the first step to understand that Krishna is the enjoyer and the proprietor of everything. I mean, the proprietor, excuse me, of everything. And then the uh, in Bhoktaram, the enjoyer, one whose pleasure is our goal. And finally, Suridam, Sarvabhutanam, the very best friend of everyone, every living being, the uh, controller, the enjoyer, and the friend. So controller means that who is not the controller, if Krishna is the controller? Me. <laughs> yes, and proposes, but Krishna disposes. Uh, Krishna is controlling everything. This is the first step in peacefulness. If we think we're the controller, then we have to put so much pressure upon ourselves. So Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati said that a devotee should pray like everything depends on Krishna and work as if everything depends on me. So this is a proper balance. We work, we do our very best, but then we know that ultimately the results are up to Krishna. You know, there's, there's five factors of action listed in the Bhagavad Gita, right? The, the time, the place, the endeavor, the uh, sense of the, the worker, and ultimately the super soul. So ultimately Krishna determines what is going to succeed and what is going to fail. Therefore, our, our minds can be very peaceful if we know we have done our best. We do our best, we leave it in Krishna's hands. This is um, uh, Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. He's the controller. And Bhoktaram, we work to make Krishna happy. We work to make Krishna pleased. This is a devotee's GPS in life. Is Krishna pleased? Sangsidhir Haritoshanam. Any activity is evaluated by whether or not Krishna is pleased. And finally, uh, and most sweetly, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. Surit is a very high level of friendship. There's various words for friend. But surit means like very intimate and dear friend. So suridam sarvabhutanam. Krishna is so amazing that he can be everybody's best friend. Uh, And that means he he cares for us. He wants the best for us. You know, a true friend gives love whether or not one is, whether that love is reciprocated. That's the quality of a true friend. When gives love, but may or may not come back, doesn't matter. I love this person. Unconditional loves all of his parts and parcels. Without demand, without expectation of reciprocation. But if we give that reciprocation, he's very pleased. In the Gita, Krishna says, and this is one of the beautiful things about Vaishnava theology to me. You know, I always thought of God as this um, very vindictive, threatening personality, right? This is the Judeo-Christian idea of God. The last words of the Old Testament are, lest I smite the earth with a curse, a threat, or else, (laughs) you better follow. And this is what materialists see as the benefit of religion, if they see any at all, is that it kind of keeps people in line. Uh, As Marx said, religion is the opiate of the masses. 
So when the um, <clears throat> purpose is self-gratification, then opium becomes the religion of the masses. That's more or less what we have in America today. Huh? That uh, intoxicant sense enjoyment. That's what people value. Uh, but the point is that Krishna is so kind that whether we love him or not, he is still benevolent, and he doesn't threaten us into loving him. He says, Samoham Sarvabhuteshu, this word Sama, same thing in the qualities of the Brahmins, right? Sama, equanimity, equal vision. Um, so Samoham, I have equal vision, he says, Sarvabhuteshu, for all living beings, Name Dveshtastinapriya, uh, and I don't have any partiality towards anyone. But if one offers love to me, offers service to me, then he is a friend to me, and I'm a friend to him. So this seems to be a contradictory statement, doesn't it? On the one hand, Krishna is equal to everyone, but if somebody offers love to me, then I offer love to him. So how can he be equal to everyone and yet partial to his devotee? Can anyone explain that? Seems like he, it's an oxymoron, like um, army intelligence or legal ethics, a self-contradicting statement. <laughs> I'm equal to everyone, but if one renders service, I'm partial to him. So how, how can you explain? Anyone? Prabhuji? children, but if one children is performing very nicely and he, his reciprocation is different from the child who is getting himself into all kinds of nonsense and maybe not mm-hmm. being proper and taking care of himself and maybe getting into circumstances. So the love is equal between two child, but the one, the reciprocation is different, but the yeah. love is there. The reciprocate, yes, the love is there, although the reciprocation is different. This is good. Um, Another way to uh, to understand it is that, that Krishna responds to everybody's desire equally. If we desire to be separated from Him, Krishna will be He won't be in our grill, you know, until the time of death, and we have to confront Him and that feature. But uh, He will reciprocate. Yeyata mam prapadyante. As they surrender, I reward them accordingly. So if we want to avoid Krishna, Krishna will avoid us. But if we want to serve Krishna and please Krishna, then Krishna will want to please us. He's just reciprocating with everybody according to their desire. In that sense, he's equal. Um, so, this is sama, or the shantaras, the vision of neutrality, equality, uh, self-control. This is the highest rasa in the Judeo-Christian theology. Uh, because the absence of a personal deity makes it impossible to go further. You know, the the, the uh, awe and reverence mood is expressed in the Lord's Prayer. Since it's Sunday, I'll recite it. <laughs> our Father who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses and forgive those who trespass against us. Hallowed be thy name. Sorry, Sorry. thank you. <laughs> Most important part. <laughs> give us this day our daily bread. Uh, forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. It's a whole shopping list, actually. <laughs> you know, the, because this is God, the the um, omnipotent, and 
in a position of utter uh, helplessness, the, the uh, religious person prays, so please, I'm helpless without you, so please give me what I need and help me in this way and that way. You know, it, it is a, a position that has no dynamic of relationship. It's just a one-way street. You know, it's, it's not that if you do these things, I promise I'll do this. None of that is mentioned in that prayer. So um, the Shantarasa is a very dependent relationship. Of course, this, this is much better than nothing. But just see the limitations. It can only take one to the position of, of on reverence for God and, de- and dependence on God. Again, much better than nothing, but it is not dynamic. There's no exchange. Um, and how does God respond to that? You know, can you imagine if everybody was just petitioning you and and uh, saying how low they are and how great you are, how that could be a little limiting in your relationships? I'm sure none of you here have ever watched Monty Python, but if you did, you might see in one of their films this the person is petitioning God, and God responds, "Stop groveling." <laughs> So I had enough. Stop grovel. <laughs> so this, because of this limited relationship, see, this is why people are very skeptical about religion. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but America is viewed around the world as a uh, as a very religious country, particularly in the developed world. America is seen as this rather fanatically religious country. Hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> And yet, in, in Europe, in Australasia, <clears throat> people have become so disenchanted with the church that they have completely thrown out the idea of its value of God whatsoever. See, so, this is a result of being limited to the Shanta Rasa, and just um, this, this very one-sided relationship with God. So, it, to the point where one thinks, well, maybe this is just an imposition on my life. Imagine there's no heaven, John Lennon said. Uh, you know, no hell below us. He's, he he just threw off the idea of God altogether. He, he sang another very demonic song called God. Uh, he said, uh, God is a concept by which we measure our pain. In fact, that means, like, if you hurt yourself a little bit, you say, oh, God. But if you hurt a lot, you say, oh, God. <laughs> so, so it's no wonder if, if spirituality is limited, this Shantarasa, that people think, is this really benefiting me? Is, is this really allowing me to be in the, the best person I can be? So they reject God altogether as, as some way of controlling people. No, I want to be free. So the the Shantaras has this great limitation. Uh, the devotees know the higher relationships of reciprocation with Krishna. So as a result, they are um, not very inclined towards the results of the Shantarasa. Uh, the, in Shantarasa, one can um, attain the lowest kind of liberation. What is that? Entering into the bodily. Uh, existence of the Lord, like merging into Brahman, in other words. But there's no reciprocation, and therefore the higher types of liberation 
are are um, more appealing to the devotee. Nandini Prabhu. Please, use the microphone. On, in in uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur points out, in Brajabhumi, there's the Yamuna River and its sandy banks. Mm. And there's the Kadamba tree and the cows and Krishna's stick, which he herds the cows. And all these belong to Shantaras. They all belong in the Shantaras. Yes. So, New- you know, and there's descriptions in um, Shiva Maharaj's book, like Venu Gita, how... You know the trees bow down and they they offer their fruits to the Lord. So it's Shantaras, of course, Krishna's present there, frolicking in Brajabhumi. But somehow or other, uh, the gopis even, you know, lament about Krishna's flute, how it's always <laughs> touching his lips, and the bamboo must be so uh, pious and like that. Yeah. So this this is. <clears throat> it's not that Shantaras doesn't exist in the spiritual world. My, my point is, if our concept of God is limited to that, then we cannot enter into the platform of devotional service. You see? Because what comes after this on reverence? What's the next rasa? Dasirasa. So service, that's where the relationship begins. And again, speaking about um, dharma, kaitava, cheating religion, any idea of service to God is just uh, service to man. I used to belong to a um, chaplain's group at the University of Florida. And it was kind of a staid group. It was Every church was experiencing a loss of membership year after year after year. And, um, but when they get fired up to do something to really energize the religious atmosphere... Uh, they would do say, let's feed the homeless. Let's engage students in helping the less fortunate. Very much mode of goodness. But <clears throat> they were finding just less and less interest in doing this. They had a program called Peanut Butter and Jesus. <clears throat> let's go out and make peanut butter sandwiches for the homeless and uh, in the name of Jesus. So... This is the only. This is the limitation of how much you can serve God. It's just serving the, the distressed. Again, because of the lack of a personal deity, there cannot be more re- relationship. So, yes, there is Shantarasa in the spiritual world. That is, the uh, various devotees who serve Krishna in the mood of awe and veneration. But like even the trees, you could say, they're giving their fruits. There's service. You know, the flute is allowing Krishna to play, so there's service. Uh, the, these rasas are, they are um, fluid. Yes, they, cha- they can switch. One, one vivid example of this is Devaki and Vasudev, when uh, they were imprisoned in Mathura, and Krishna and Balaram had come to Mathura to uh, deal with Kamsa and set their parents free. They hadn't seen these boys in, in so many years. They, they'd been in prison, and they, they heard, they were hearing all these reports, oh, Krishna's come to Mathura. Oh, Krishna has broken the bow, uh, this massive bow that Kamsa had established as a kind of a deity almost. And then Krishna has killed the elephant, Kuvalayapita, who was supposed to kill him. And then Krishna has killed 
the wrestlers, Chanur and Mushtika, who are supposed to kill him. And now Krishna has killed Kamsa. They're hearing all these things, these superhuman, amazing things that their son was doing. So when he finally came to free them, all they could do was offer their obeisances. They, they were in this mood of awe and reverence because of hearing so many of Krishna's superhuman, amazing things. And so when they heard this, when Krishna saw this, he, began, he did not like this. They, could, they couldn't even hug him after all this long absence because of hearing all these amazing things. So then Krishna began speaking in a certain way. He said, um, you know, there is no substitute for the affection of a parent for the child. And you would have been such affectionate parents if we could have only been with you. And just by speaking in this way, he awakened their, uh, their uh, parental rasa, one of the more elevated rasas. And, and then they could embrace him. So Krishna was not satisfied with this awe and reverence. He wanted the, the uh, reciprocation of loving parents in the parental rasa. So these, these rasas can change very quickly. Like Mother Yashoda has Krishna on her lap. And uh, he's her beloved son, who's a rascal and has been eating dirt, according to many reports. <laughs> and so, so Krishna says, no, I haven't, Mother. Just look in my mouth and see for yourself. <laughs> and so she looks, and what does she see? The whole cosmic manifestation <laughs> She sees earth, she sees the demigod, she sees the heavenly planets, and then she even sees herself holding Krishna in her lap. So, this was Krishna's way of getting out of punishment. <laughs> to shift his mother into awe and reverence for a few moments. <laughs> and it was very effective. <laughs> and then she very quickly forgot all about that. Oh, my Krishna. <laughs> So, uh, any other discussion about this Shantaras? We can read some more. Uh, text 2.15. This is... Uh, when a devotee is situated on the platform of Shantaras, he desires neither elevation to the heavenly planets nor liberation. These are the results of karma and jnana, and the devotee considers them no better than hell. A person situated on the Shantaras platform manifests the two transcendental qualities of detachment from all material desires and full attachment to Krishna. And the next verse is a famous verse quoted from the sixth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Narayana paraksarve nakutaschana bibhiti swarga pavarga narakeshu apitolyarta darshanam. Anyone remember who spoke this verse? This is spoken by Lord Shiva. Um, <clears throat> the, the translation is a person who is devoted to the supreme personality of Godhead Narayan is not afraid of anything elevation to the heavenly planets condemnation to hell and liberation from material bondage are all all appear the same to a devotee so in the sixth canto the pastime of Chitraketu Maharaj is discussed and Chitraketu after being enlightened by his gurus through the, the death of his son, the death and rebirth of his son, took to Harinam Sankirtan, traveling Sankirtan in his 
giant airplane flying throughout the universe doing kirtan. And once while flying over the abode of Lord Shiva, Kailash, he looked down and saw that Lord Shiva was giving Srimad Bhagavatam class with Parvati sitting on his lap. <laughs> so he found this very amusing and he began to laugh. So Lord Shiva heard this laughter and he tolerated it, but Parvati did not tolerate it. She was upset. So she cursed him. Now, you take birth as a demon. And so Chitraketu landed the plane, got out. He offered his respects. Please forgive me my offense. And then he left. So Parvati said to her husband, why didn't he ask for relief from this curse? And then Lord Shiva quotes this verse. Narayana Parak Sarve Nakuchastanabibhiti. A person who is devoted to Krishna is not afraid of anything. Swarga Apavarga, Narakeshu, the heavenly planets or hell. Apitoyasimadharpanam. It sees those equally. So the, the devotee is not affected. This is, again, symptomatic of the uh, Shantaras. It's very, don't misunderstand me, it's very elevated, but it's it's also the lowest in the preliminary rasa. Brahma, Bhuta, Prasanatmana, Sochati, Nakankshati, Samasarveshu, Bhuteshu. In the Gita, Krishna says that the Brahma Bhuta platform is characterized by this ability to see without discrimination and to take things with. Equanimity. So it's the foundation, certainly, to spiritual life. And it's the foundation to happiness. Nasochati, uh, nakachati. The devotee is not overwhelmed by lamentation or, uh, or joy. It sees them both equally. So a beautiful verse, huh? Srimad Prabhupada writes in the purport. This verse is quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam, 6th Canto, 17th chapter, verse 28. Elevation to the heavenly planets, liberation from material bondage, and condemnation to hell are all equal to the devotee. The devotee's only desire is to be attached to the lotus feet of Krishna and to engage in his transcendental loving service. Text 217. These two qualities of the Shanta stage spread through the lives of all devotees. They are like the quality of sound in the sky, Sound vibration is found in all material elements. Report. The two qualities of Shantarasa mentioned in verse 215 are present in all kinds of devotees, whether they are in Dasyaras, Shakyaras, Vatsalyaras, or Madhuryaras. The example of sound is given herein. Sound not only exists in the sky or ether, but is also present in air, fire, water, and earth. This is a scientific explanation of devotional service. Just as sound is present in all material elements, the qualities found in Shantarasa are present in all devotees, whether they are on the platform of Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, or Madhurya Rasa. Again, these, these two qualities, um, being unattached to anything material and attached to Krishna's lotus feet. Um, the example of sound is, as Prabhupada says, very scientific in the descriptions of the material creation, the, what is the foundational event? Anyone remember? 
It's the, what did Brahma hear when he was on the lotus leaf? He heard a sound vibration, right? So sound is the, the um, underpinning of all, all the other elements, uh, all the other sensual experiences. Sound, it begins with the Vedic mantras, begins with omkar, the original sound in the universe. Um, from sound comes ether, right? Yeah, the, the sound travels through the uh, ether. And when we chant Hare Krishna, the ether on the world, on the earth, becomes purified. So um, sound uh, creates that. Then the, uh, uh, the others, they, they all come sequentially. I can't remember all of them, but earth, water, air, fire all come from these, the other sense uh, experiences, touch, taste, uh, sight, and, and uh, aroma. Earth has the aroma, right? Um, water is associated with taste. And fire is associated with touch, as I recall. Or, no, sight. Air is touch, yes. Air is touch and fire is sight, yes. So, so sound comes from ether and it's the foundation of all of the material creation. In the same way, service to Krishna or attachment to Krishna's lotus feet and detachment from things material are present in all the rasas. They are, they are foundational to them all. So any comments on that? Okay, next text. It is the nature of Shantaras that even the smallest intimacy exists. That not even, excuse me, the smallest intimacy exists. Rather, knowledge of impersonal Brahman and localized Paramatma is prominent. Purport. Because of an impersonal impression of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, a devotee in the Shantaras relationship worships the impersonal Brahman or localized aspect of the absolute truth, <clears throat> Paramatma. He does not develop a personal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the difficulty. There is no difference in the absolute sense. One is approaching God, and that's a good thing, but it is limited in terms of the reciprocation. Um, Vedanti tat tatvavidas tatvam yajjyanam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavan iti shabdhade. These three aspects of realizing the absolute are they are sequential and they are this one absolute substance, non-dual. And at the same time, there is a difference. Uh, this is oneness and difference. You know, Krishna is understood by some as Brahman in the Shantaras or, or Paramatma but not as Bhagavan. So this is the limitation. Not even the smallest intimacy exists. (laughs) Not even the smallest intimacy exists. Because it's all this one way. On reverence. Wow. So, any thoughts, comments? Yes, Prabhuji? Yeah. Again, because the, there is the foundation of service, and then that service may manifest in Shantaras. Uh, but th- there is no entering into that realm without service. You see? Yes. And, and the higher 
Asa. So, so service may manifest in, in Shanta, but there's no intimacy. And Prabhupada writes that serve, the relationship between the servant and the served is the most congenial form of intimacy. So that, that's, again, my Judeo-Christian upbringing. My idea of God is he's the, you know, if you're, if you're good to him, he'll give you everything. And this really manifests in the, uh, what is it, the prosperity gospel, the prosperity theology, where, um, you know, if you worship God, if you're right with God, then you'll have money. And if you don't have money, it's because you're not right with God. <laughs> this is, this, I, I just can't get over how this has ruined the whole thing. Um, this, this concept of God, this, this shantaras, this uh, on reverence idea of God. One atheist put it like this. He said, <clears throat> so God is this person who's going to put you in hell perpetually unless you're nice to him. But he loves you. <laughs> and he needs money. <laughs> it sums it right up. <laughs> You, you you better worship or else, uh, and send a donation. <laughs> so, Krishna is not at all like this. You know, he's he is not threatening at all. He is he gives us a choice always, a choice that um, you can. Now I've explained everything. Now do whatever you want to do. This is. Uh, this is such a nice, refreshing uh, concept of the Supreme or understanding of the Supreme. He's just, I'll tell you all about it and then you make your choice. <laughs> no threats, no, no uh, vindictiveness if we choose to not to uh, uh, approach Krishna. Krishna's not all miffed and he's not going to unfriend us on Facebook. Yeah. He's just patiently awaiting. <laughs> and it's not for his benefit. Like, oh man, I really need this person's service. What are we going to do without this person? <laughs> He's too busy enjoying to be thinking like that. He's just sorry. Oh, you're missing the party. We're having so much fun. And there you are in Dallas. <laughs> So he's always inviting, as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati wrote, he's the transcendental autocrat uh, is ever inviting the conditioned souls to associate with him in, in pure loving ecstasy. This is Krishna's position. Not forcing, not threatening, just awaiting and welcoming and ready to have us join the party. On the platform of Shantarasa, one realizes only his constitutional position. When one is raised to the platform of Dasyarasa, he better understands the full opulence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. See, so one realizes only his constitutional position. This is the thing about Shantarasa, that it really is all about the individual. It's not about the Supreme. It says, I want to experience, or I want to be blessed. Or, you know, so out of here, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of flatter and butter up God so that he'll be good to me. 
This is sort of the uh, in, the deity, the uh, demigod worship uh, mood, also, isn't it? That um, God will be good to me if I worship. So I'll be good. I'll be biased. I'll be all worship so that I can prosper. So one man, Prabhupada, talked about the Durga worshiper. So the Durga worshiper went before Goddess Kali, said, "Please give me prosperity. Please bless my family." Um, what could I do for you? So the deity, Kali, says, okay, bring me one goat. And uh, so the worshiper left, and then he came back after some time and said, oh, my, my dear goddess, the goats were so expensive. And she said, all right, bring me a rabbit. So he goes, after some time, he comes back. Uh, oh, uh, dear goddess, I'm sorry, the market was closed by the time I got back. And she said, well, how about a fly? Can you bring me a fly? And he said, oh, my dear goddess, there's so many flies buzzing around you. Can't you just reach one for yourself? <laughs> so there's no sense of service see, and reciprocation. It's all about what am I going to get out of this? I mean, this is practical. I don't know about you, but I started my spiritual life just thinking, I want to experience knowledge. I want to experience uh, cosmic consciousness. I want to understand. It was very much, for me, it was all about what am I going to experience. And I could get this great experience through God consciousness. So um, the problem with that is it never defines our position. You know, Jivara Swarupahoy Nitya Krishna Dasa. We are eternally servants of God, not... Uh, See, the, the impersonal approach is just like, okay, I'll, I'll kick the tires. I'm going to kick God's tires and then see if I buy, if maybe I'll buy the car. You know, it's really all about me. Yeah, if I like it, I might buy it. If not, I'll just let it go. It's all about my experience. It's not at all about God's experience. And this is the result of impersonalism. God has no feelings. I don't have to, be, I don't have to consider his position anything is all about what can I get out of this relationship or what can I get out of this worship see so that it, it exists in demigod worship it exists in the prosperity gospel and the judeo-christian scene uh, pure devotional service can be understood through various traditions I don't mean to just rail on one tradition or the other but unless there's actually service to God there's no promotion from this on reverence platform and unless we know who God is, we can't serve him. You cannot serve the impersonal Brahman. And you can't hang a garland on the universal form. <laughs> Once we, <clears throat> there was a, a Janmashtami kids costume contest in Alachua. So I had a bright idea. We had, we had a big picture of the universal form. It used to be this BBT poster, you might remember. I had the bright idea of dressing up our daughter as a universal form. <laughs> Somehow put this picture around her and put flashing lights on it. I thought, well, this is a great costume, but it didn't win. <laughs> Everyone said, what is this? <laughs> so uh, the point is that there's no relationship unless we understand who God is. How can we say we love God if we have no idea who God is? 
we were talking last night at this uh, at the community event. There, the idea of God being a person means he needs to have an identity, and to claim love without knowing his identity is it's completely nonsensical. Like if a suppose a man came up to you at the party and said, "Oh yeah, I'm having a great time. Me and my wife we're having a great time here tonight." Um, oh, who's your wife? Is she the? Oh, oh, she's she's somewhere over there. Is she the blonde one or the brunette? I, I don't know. Is she the tall one or the short one? Beats me. But I love her. How could there possibly be any love without understanding the person, without knowing who the person is? So Prabhupada put it very nicely. He said, if you have someone who's more qualified than Krishna to be God, tell us and we will worship him. Otherwise, you should worship Krishna. So that's the end of the Shantaras here. Dasyaras will start, I guess, next time. reading. Any last comments or questions? Any thoughts, reflections? Yes, Prabhuji. Can you use the, can you use the microphone there? It's right there. Yeah. Thank you. You were speaking about um, Monty Python film. Yes. And um, <laughs> I remember ma- many, many years ago, there was some film... And this man was drowning in the ocean. And he said, oh, God, if you just save me, I'll give you everything. I'll give you 100% of everything I own. I'm a wealthy man. Please save me. And a big wave brings him in closer to the shore. And he's saying, oh, God, please save me, save me. And as he gets closer and closer, he's saying, I'll give you 50% of everything I have. And, and, then, I'll, and then he gets close. I'll give you 25%. And then when he's on the, the sand, he's saying, thank you, Lord. There's another story like that. Can I share that with you? This man was a very prosperous businessman, but then all of a sudden his business was going down. And going down and going down. And so in desperation, he came to the deity. He said, Krishna, if you will save my business, I will sell my house and give all the proceeds to you. So somehow after that, miraculously, his business started going up again, and he was again prosperous and happy. And then he remembered his promise. So the next day on Craigslist, there was an unusual ad. House for sale, mansion, 10-acre estate, Four-car garage, seven bedrooms, five bathrooms, one dollar. And so people were calling about the ad. One dollar? What's the misprint? This must be a misprint. No, no, just a dollar. Well, what's the catch? The catch is you have to buy my cat also. Well, how much is your cat? One million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> So finally, someone bought the cat and bought the house, and <clears throat> he went to the temple, put his dollar in the box. <laughs> so Srila Prabhupada said, we may try to cheat Krishna, but Krishna is a bigger cheat, better cheat than us. <laughs> Therefore, the devotee, again, the, even in the Shantaras, just wants, uh, just wants to be with Krishna and has no attachment to material things. Anything else? All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna.
Well, you ask Kalachandra. <laughs> yes, Prabhu. Okay. <clears throat> what is the relationship of the devotee in Shantaras to a guru? Can it be in any other ras other than awe and reverence? Oh, yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, the uh, <clears throat> uh, relationship with the disciple and guru is, is uh, um, uh, predicated on pariprasnena uh, sevai, relevant inquiries and service. So by definition, it must be at the service level to actually be a, a bona fide relationship with a guru. Yeah, service. Uh, Prabhupada was once walking in Mayapur, and there was some little hill, little rise in the field. So a disciple got up and reached down and pulled Prabhupada up. And when he got to the top, Prabhupada took his hand and threw it. This is how the impersonalists treat their guru. You elevate me, and now I don't need you anymore. See, so without service, that is, there is really no relationship. And then there's friendship. There can be friendship with the guru, but definitely friendship. And in the uh, uh, latter stages of his life, Prabhupada also engaged in this Fatsalya relationship with his disciples. He just put him, his care in his disciples' hands. You know, they, okay, whatever you tell me, I will do that. This is more about Salya Rasa. The conjugal Rasa doesn't exist in that relationship, but all the others do. Right? Srila Prabhupada Kijai. Mm-hmm.